The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, then we're going to do the same paragraph again because uh, there's so much there. Uh, and I focused on the first half yesterday, and today we'll focus on the second half. Uh, but let me read it again just so that we can get into the mindset. This is a Marcus Aurelius Book 3, Paragraph 11. To the above supports, let one more be added. Always make a figure or outline of the imagined object as it occurs in order to see distinctly what is in its essence, naked as a whole and parts. And say to yourself its individual name and the names of the things of which it was compounded and into which it will be broken up. For nothing is so able to create greatness of mind as the power methodically and truthfully to test everything that meets one in life and always to look upon it so as to attend at the same time to the use which this particular thing contributes to a universe of a certain definite kind, what value it has in reference to the whole. And what to man who is a citizen of the highest city, whereof all other cities are like households. What is this which now creates an image in me? What is its composition? How long will it naturally continue? What virtue is it is of use to meet it? For example, gentleness, fortitude, truth, good faith, simplicity, self-reliance, and the rest. Therefore, in each case, we must say, this has come from God. This, by the actual coordination of events, the complicated web and similar coincidence of, or chance. This, again, from my own fellow man, my kinsman, my comrade, yet one who does not know what is natural for himself. Uh, but, I, but I do know. Wherefore, I use him kindly and justly according to the natural law of fellowship, aiming, however, at the same time at his desert, where the question is morally indifferent. Okay, so yesterday we said... That the uh, the move he's making here is to uh, when you find yourself confronted by something which is a cause of negative emotions, to stop and then ask yourself what is the thing and what is my impression of it. And I quoted uh, Epictetus yesterday to say that uh, his primary uh, question is: Is this something that is in my control or is this not? Uh, Marcus Aurelius though lists a bunch of of, uh, of other types of examination you can do to these impressions. So um, I, you can divide these differently, but I. I um, I just want to give five examples that he mentions here, or five, isolate five points he made, and then just give an example for each one. So first, one of the things he says is when you find this impression, say, what is it? What is its composition? Okay. And this is something I, in the example I gave yesterday about how I, I uh, used to get stressed out about Tuesdays because it was such a jam-packed schedule for me. But then once I looked at it and said, okay, well, what actually is it? And I broke it down into its component parts. And I realized, well, this part is really not stressful. It's enjoyable. This part's not stressful. It's enjoyable. This part, And that got me to realize that what was stressing me out was my impression of the overall day, not what it actually is. So that's one move. Second move, he says, how long will it endure? Um, so this is, I mean, this is in the well-known story about, uh, I, I know people call it a midrash about Shlomo HaMelech, but really, we don't know where it came from. Uh, the Gamzu Yavor, right? This too shall pass. Uh, that, you know, uh, that part of what makes things painful or frustrating or anger provoking is that, uh, that you feel in the moment, like it's going to last forever. Um, but you know, <laughs> when you think about it, it will be over, you know, even the longest, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess some things do end in death and that's, that's bad, but like the, the let's say with, with, even with the death, the pain is not going to last forever. You know, um, I, I think one of the things that I keep having to remind myself of now, and I'm sure we're a lot of us are in the same position, is the pandemic and the frustrations that it's been causing. And uh, there's this like, you know, feeling of this never ending stretch of that there's going to continue on forever in front of us. And uh, just reminding yourself that it, it, that it has an end point and it will be over at some point uh, can help you cope with the feeling of of uh, oppressiveness in the present. Uh, third, he says, what virtue can we practice by meeting it? Okay, so um, here's an example. Um, in New York, I mean, 
really everywhere, but in New York particularly, people pull jerk moves uh, in uh, in traffic, you know, and they'll they'll you know they'll dart out when they don't have the the you know the right of way you know in, in, with their car uh, or or other things like that and i find that um many times you know so i you know because uh we take these things personally then uh i i have a reaction when someone does something that they're not supposed to do in their car and it interferes with my progress but then i stop and i think okay um what you know uh this is a good opportunity to practice patience or yielding or or uh you know forgiving of idiocy like these people are idiots you know a, a, a lot a lot of the time they're doing reckless things uh but like th their idiocy in this case is really going to be more harmful for them in the long run than for me so stopping and just asking yourself well what mida what virtue can i practice from this is another way to deal with the 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 painful stimulus uh, impression for uh the fourth thing where does this fit into god's universe um uh, which he, he says, uh, you know, recognizing this comes from God, recognizing the relation to the whole. So this one, I find a good example of this is pain. So I injured myself in the stupidest way on Mote Shabbos. I was making an omelet and I was so excited <laughs> in my attempt to grab for the cheese that like, I, this is, is going to sound so stupid. I did not realize how tall the cheese was. <laughs> and when I grabbed for it, I just jammed my thumb into the cheese uh, the solid block of cheese. And what it did was it, it, the, it, by pressing the fingernail into my, into my thumb, I, I got injured from it. And this has been causing my thumb pain that like anytime I press a button with my thumb or like I, I grab, you know, I, I, I touch something, it pain shoots up, you know, in, in, in my hand, you know, and, and yeah, this will heal. That's another thing I have to recognize. But another thing is to recognize, you know, what is the relation of this to the whole, you know, and with pain, Again, this is something that easier said than done, but like you got to start with the small things like jamming your thumb on cheese that um, that realizing that pain is good, right? Because if if you didn't experience pain, you wouldn't be able to tell when something is wrong with your body or when you are using your body in a way that's detrimental to it. And so pain is good, even though it feels bad. Uh, and the fact that pain is good for the system, for the bodily system, uh, can diminish the feelings of victimhood that you get when you when you uh, jam your thumb into cheese and injure yourself. Uh, number five, uh, he says, this is the last one I'm going to talk about for today. Um, so uh, he focuses at the end on the question of how does this help me to be a better part of the system in my interactions with human beings, uh, especially human beings who lack knowledge of the good. So let's go to the traffic example again, that, you know, the traffic system uh, is predicated upon people following the laws. And as we know, people don't always follow the traffic laws. So what's interesting about it is like, let's say this guy, um, you know, uh, uh, drives through the red light or like, like, um, you know, cuts in front of you or something like that. So they are definitely harming themselves uh, or they're setting themselves up for harm, you know? Um, and, uh, but the thing is, is that, that like, if I, as the victim quote unquote of that, if I yield to that, to that error, to that idiocy, so then it, it, it balances out the system in a certain way. In other words, if I responded to that by saying, oh, well, this guy violates the rules, well, I'm going to violate the rules. That's something that is really not good for the system. And if everyone did that, then the whole thing would deteriorate, you know? So just realizing that like, okay, fine, this guy's a jerk. He's cutting in front of me. I'm going to let him do that thing. Am I really harmed by it? Like, is the fact that I'm getting to where I need to go, you know, uh, uh, like 30 seconds later, is that really going to harm me? No, it's not. So like, like just keeping in mind the the system as a whole and uh 
and realizing that like, yeah, there are people who don't know the good and they do things thinking that they're benefiting themselves when they're really not. And, um, and, uh, and I do know the nature of the, of the good in this area. And therefore like, like I can, um, uh, I, I can, I can, you know, uh, as a social being, like, do what I can to uh, accommodate for, you know, to offset the loss that these people cause to the system. So these are just, again, there are many examples of this, but these are just examples of how you can, when confronted by a, a painful impression, you can stop, separate the impression from the thing, and then derive all these benefits from contemplating the impression.